Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. And after taking a break last week, Anthony Knockreiner on vacation. I was back on his show this week to recap the game against the Rams and look ahead to the game against the Carolina Panthers. We also get into the controversy with the New England Patriots and offer some thoughts on potentially reseeding in the playoffs. So we will get to that. But first, let's take a look at the injury report for the Seahawks. The Seahawks had five players sit out of practice on Thursday. Jadevian Clowney with his core injury. Luke Wilson continuing to fight a hamstring injury. Shaquille Griffin showing up on the injury report with a hamstring injury. He did participate in a limited basis on Wednesday. Michael Kendricks continues to fight a hamstring injury as well. He was limited on practice on Wednesday. The fifth one being Rashad Penny, who is, of course, out with a knee injury. Expect him to move to injured reserve later this week, and we should see Ethan Posick take his place on the roster. Limited participants in practice on Thursday, Dwayne Brown. Uh, he was limited with his knee and biceps injury. He sat out on Wednesday. George Fant with a knee injury, limited in practice both days, Wednesday and Thursday. Ziggy Anza with a neck injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday as well. And Al Woods limited on both Wednesday and Thursday with an ankle injury. Fullback Nick Ballore, who sat out last game, he was a full participant in practice on Thursday with a quadriceps injury after being limited on Wednesday. Jacob Hollister, thigh injury, full participant in practice. Mike Upati is dealing with a neck injury. He was a full participant. Tyler Lockett still dealing with his shin injury. Jordan Roos, guard, dealing with a back injury. Linebacker Cody Barton has a knee and ankle injury, and wide receiver Josh Gordon has a knee injury. For the Panthers, a couple players to watch. Mario Addison has sat out practice Wednesday and Thursday with a chest injury. He is leading the team in sacks with nine and a half, so if he can't go, uh, that'll be a huge hit to that Carolina Panthers pass rush. Also sitting out of practice both Wednesday and Thursday, tackle Greg Little. He's their 2019 second-round pick, has been playing left tackle. If he can't go sixth round pick in 2019, Dennis Daly will go at left tackle for the team. That's a quick look at your injuries for both the Panthers and the Seahawks. Here's my conversation with Anthony Knockreiner on 600 AM KGEZ. I always enjoy having this man in studio as we discuss the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks. It is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast and the Field Goals podcast. Brandon, it is great to chat with you. I know it's been a little bit... Uh, been a couple weeks. It has, and we're now going into the stretch run of the season right before the playoffs. This is going to be exciting final three weeks. Uh, it really is, and especially in the NFC West, where it is so competitive right now. The Rams, I mean, they, they use the Seahawks to make a statement as they're not dead yet, uh, but the Seahawks still in pretty good position. But at the same time, Brandon, I feel like that loss was a little concerning, but what did you take away from it? I took away from it a, a team that looked like it didn't have anything to play for. And at this point of the season, that's a little bit of fr frustration for me. But at the same time, they take the loss. And even with San Francisco getting the win over the Saints, they're in position to do everything they need to do to still potentially get a number one seed. That's in play. The, the NFC West is still in play. All they have to do is win their final three games. And they have two opponents that are very winnable games with the Cardinals and the Panthers. And then they have the Week 17 rematch with the 49ers, which is a team that just gave up 46 points with their defense. I was about to say that that result was definitely a shocker to me because <laughs> I did not start anybody on either one of those teams uh, because I thought the defenses were right. going to win yeah, the Yeah, you, you thought that was going to be a defensive matchup. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Brent, too. Was that game also maybe a result of who you've played the last several weeks? I mean, you guys have played some really tough teams 
getting to the stretch. And I know you're going to do that when you get into the playoffs, but at the same time, you, you just took on the Vikings, a very physical team. Sure. Philadelphia, same thing, physical football team. Took on the San Francisco 49ers in a big contest. I mean, you guys have played a lot of tough football teams the last several weeks. They have, but at the same time, I'm used to a Seahawks team that when it comes to playing under the lights, especially on a Monday night game, they they show up for it or a Sunday night game. They, they show up for those night games. And so it was just it was a little surprising that to see them underperform under under the lights and they held the Rams to 28 points, which is pretty low considering the history of these two teams. The last time uh, they held them uh, to that few points was when they held them to 10 points in week five in the first matchup between Sean McVay and Pete Carroll. And ever since it's been, you know, 30 plus 29 points earlier on in the season was the last time they held them under 30. So it's just, I can't really pin it on the defense, even though they gave up 21 first half points. They gave the offense opportunities, especially in the third quarter, and they just, Russell Wilson could not get this team to move down the field. Well, that's the other thing, too, that's troubling. I mean, it almost kind of feels like since we went to Seattle and watched the Bucks and the Seahawks, yeah. this offense, his pace has slowed. And one thing that's been, one thing that kind of concerns me is Tyler Lockett, has, I don't want to say he's been invisible or if teams have just done a really good job of taking him away from Russell Wilson, but that deep threat is gone right now, it seems like. Well, you're definitely right about it being Tyler Lockett, who has an, 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 a huge impact on this team. And if you remember right after the game against the Bucks, they went and played San Francisco. Now, mm -hmm. I would put some of the offensive production going down for the fact that the Seahawks played that 49ers defense. Tyler Lockett injured in that game. It takes him a couple weeks to come back. Then he has uh, the flu in the game against the Minnesota Vikings. And so this was him, I think, just starting to come back and get involved in the offense. He had two deep ball opportunities, one of them knocked down by Troy Hill, another one intercepted by Troy Hill. So I thought the Rams, they did a pretty good job keeping Jalen Ramsey on DK Metcalf and Troy Hill playing a pretty good game against Tyler Lockett. So credit to the Rams in that way. But if those, I would have liked to see the Seahawks run the ball more with Chris Carson. They were having success with that early on, that first drive, apart from not scoring looked pretty good. So it uh, it's I'm just frustrated about losing to a division rival. I, I totally understand <laughs> that. I believe me. I totally understand that. I get, I get where you're coming from uh, along with that. Some, I mean, I really liked how Rashad Penny was starting to look great game against Philadelphia, even better game against uh, Minnesota. He kind of put that away, but now that he's out puts more work on Chris Carson at this point, or do you trust CJ process? I do not trust CJ Procise. We saw a fumble exchange between him and Russell Wilson, so hopefully they're practicing that now a little <laughs> bit more now that he'll, he'll be the number two guy uh, behind Chris Carson. What this does, I, I don't necessarily know if it impacts the team in a really critical way. The only way it does is if Chris Carson goes down to injury, and now you're talking about Travis Homer and CJ Procise being your number one and two running backs. I'm fine with Chris Carson getting the majority of the carries, and we've seen how the team can have success doing that. And here they are coming up against a, a low-ranked team against the run. I, I'm fine with Chris Carson going down the stretch. It's just, can they keep him healthy? And he has stayed healthy, to at least to this point in the season. I was going to say, on the offensive line, giving up five sacks. I mean, again, Aaron Donald's a very tough guy. I think at one point they showed that there were four Seahawks on Aaron Donald yeah. at one point. <laughs> uh, any concerns about the O-line right now? Uh, I, against the Rams, I know they have the the capability to perform well because we saw them hold up well against the 49ers defensive line. We saw them hold up pretty well against the Eagles for the most part. 
and and really well against the Minnesota Vikings. So it is a little bit concerning, but again, it's the Rams, and it kind of feels like yeah, Wade Phillips, for whatever reason, has the Seahawks and the offensive line and Russell Wilson figured out to a certain extent because we did see a lot of pressure on on Wilson earlier on in the season, but he was able to find those plays to put the team in position in that earlier game, and they just weren't there for him this time. My featured guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast and Field Goals podcast. We'll talk about their next opponent, the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about their division. Does the NFL need to cons- re- need to consider reseeding in the playoffs? We'll talk about that as well as the New England Patriots situation. We'll do that next here on the Knock on Sports. Brandon, talking about the Carolina Panthers, I think this is the perfect timing for the Panthers to show up. Uh, on the Seahawks schedule. I think the, the, now again, obviously they have Christian McCaffrey. Yep. They still fired Ron Rivera. They didn't look good at all last week. Uh, this seems like a very uh, good opportune time for kind of Seattle to refocus and get themselves back on track after a very, I still think tough schedule. Yeah. The, the thing that I worry about a little bit with Carolina is them playing at home and they always seem to really, they start fast at home and we saw it against the game against Washington a couple weeks ago when they were at home. And they got off to the quick start, but then I think they got out to 14 points and then they never scored again. And Washington was able to come back and get that win. So I do, I I am a little bit concerned that Carolina could put up some points early and it's going to be another one of those games where where the Seahawks have to come fighting back into it. Christian McCaffrey, definitely a versatile type of running back. We saw the Seahawks have a little bit of problems with Alvin Kamara earlier this season, but the entire offense really does run through Christian McCaffrey. And so if you can if you can hold that guy, then you can, you know, make Kyle Allen beat you and I think you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it seems so easy when you put it like that, Brandon. Uh but I would agree though. I mean, you have to stop McCaffrey, but at the same time I would say this too. I mean, uh if Carolina stays in this game, it's because it, uh, Seattle's defense has a hard time keeping him under and keeping him in check. Uh, even though you know last week Todd Gurley was able to kind of find some room to run mm-hmm. um, with the deep rush defense, there you concerned at all being able to stop McCaffrey. I I'm not very concerned. I think that's going to be their focus, and it was their focus even in that game against the Rams. Now they were able to get past them by running jet sweeps all over the place mm. for whatever reason. The the Rams, well, they smartly use that as part of their playbook and and got away from Gurley a little bit, but uh, yeah. I, and McCaffrey good at catching, catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So it, it could, it could be a test for him. I know we, we, and I wanted to get back to this and I forgot to say this earlier in the segment, but Quandre Diggs obviously has the pick six. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, what a big trade. I mean, he continues to prop up and he's really helping that secondary. He's changed the defense entirely from when they picked him up. And it's just been, a completely different way that they seem to play, a different kind of energy that they play with. You know, that really was that, you know, the Diggs interception uh, on back to back drives against the Rams in the third quarter that allowed them, you know, opportunities to get back at the game. It's just the offense couldn't do it. And I think that's the perfect type of defense that they're in, in style that we saw <laughs> the Carolina Panthers just play against with the Atlanta Falcons. And Kyle Allen struggled with. So here they go again, facing the same type of defense. And I think the Seahawks have more talent than the Falcons defense, a little bit better to able to get to the pass uh, in the pass rush against that Carolina Panthers offensive line that's struggling. So I think it is going to be another tough week for Allen. 
Is it more important for Seattle to get that running game going once again, kind of get Carson over 100 yards, wasn't able to do that last week, uh, maybe get C.J. Procise kind of more comfortable in that secondary role, or get Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, Hollister, and that group going again on the passing on the passing side of it, getting that deep ball going again? Yeah, they go hand-in-hand, hand, I think. I, I don't think you really need to emphasize one over the other, I think. With the run game, it is just going to work because Carolina has struggled uh, so much against the run this year, which is a little bit surprising considering you have guys like Luke Keekley, you have Gerald McCoy in the middle. And uh, so they they will, I, I do expect the Seahawks to get the run game involved against the Panthers and then, you know, go after the safeties and, and go go for the deep ball. This This could be a good get right game for Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Right now we're here with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, let's also talk some NFL news. Um, let me get your thoughts on this Patriots situation. As yeah. far as I can tell, Bill Belichick and his staff this time weren't videotaping other people. It was just a production crew filming sidelines and all of that. What, what do you take from all of this? Is once again the Patriots? It's the sequel, Spygate Two. <laughs> it's Spygate Two, and it's just twelve years later, right? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> This is kind of weird because it's one of those situations where I think a team with that kind of history, you need to know better. And they it's, should. It's a little bit weird that they didn't inform the Bengals that because they got a, they got approval from the Browns. The Browns knew they were going to be there. And this is an advanced scout that's going to do his job of scouting the Bengals a, a week ahead of the time that the Patriots play the Bengals. So that part that all checks out to me. And even with the video crew. It checks out to me because, you know, wh what are the guys who are there? You know, maybe they don't even know anything about football and they're asking the advanced scout. Oh, what are some of the things that you look for while you're doing your job? Oh, well, you know, I, I watch the, the guys on the sidelines to see what signals they are because I need to know the personnel packages that they use to, you know, that are coming in and out. And uh, these are the guys that I usually try and watch. And they're and so they. As videographers, you would put the camera on those guys to try and show what your, your your scout is looking at. So that part all makes sense to me. It's just I do feel like there will be some kind of punishment because sure. as an organization, they should know. They should know better. They should know better. But at the same time, and I'm not even sure with the, this production company, was it just a like a. Like a web series? Is that what they were trying to do? Like, yeah, they're doing or like I, some kind of documentary type style thing, well, like Hard Knocks. You know how you have your your web team, how you put up different things. It sounded like what they're doing is they're showing all the different behind the scenes type jobs that fans may not know about. Ah. and so they they call it the Do Your Job series. So I I think they were profiling the advanced scout as as you know this is what this guy does, there. and I don't think most people know that. Everybody in the NFL, they have the advanced scouts that go and and do this. So this isn't the Patriots, you know, trying to gain an edge by sending somebody to to actually do all the scouting stuff. This is this is normal per every other NFL team. No, I agree. There, I mean, even I mean, heck, even in high school football, we had a person going to the next team's game right. the previous Friday. So this is not new, right? Uh, to the and, game of football, and it's, it it does kind of make me laugh though a little bit because. I think for the Bengals and because apparently they were set up right in front of the Bengals guys, I do like it kind of as a competitive advantage type thing or, or just the, from the competition standpoint of the Bengals going, oh, yeah, we'll let them go ahead and do it. But then we're going to report it and then they're going to have to be <laughs> dealing with this in the media all the way leading up to the game. You know, get whatever advantage you can get for the Bengals. I was about to say, I mean, especially with the Patriots, granted, this would right. be the time to try and take advantage of them. 
Uh, speaking of taking advantage, I mean, uh, the NFC West right now, just feeding upon itself, looking like the best division, at least in the NFC, maybe all of football at this point. I don't think there's, I don't really see how there's another division that can, can compete when you got these teams here. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, well, how, what do you think about this? I, I think it's better that you guys actually get a wild card. I know it's going to sound really strange, not to win the division, <laughs> uh-huh. but I think you guys are just, you play better. And, you know, we, we sometimes we see those bye weeks and how they might affect teams in the postseason. Well, I think the, the difference is I would rather have one home game. So the first or second seed doesn't necessarily bother me too much. But the idea of having to go through the uh, whatever NFC East team, which, you know, that I feel like the Seahawks should be able to do that if they get the five seed. But then you're probably going to have to go through the 49ers and then you're probably going to have to go through the Saints both on the road. That's that's a tough back to back road schedule. True. Whereas if you get the first or second seed, then you're probably playing the Packers or the Vikings and uh, and, and, you know, maybe the potentially the 49ers if the Seahawks are able to win the division. And uh, and then the, so I, I think there's less of a chance that you have to play the 49ers and the Saints. And if you have to play one of them, uh, one of them is going to be home. Uh, one other aspect. Do you think they're going to flex that 49ers Seahawks game? Oh, absolutely. What? The, so they can't, I don't think, well, that, that, that final week of the season, there is no Monday night game, right? No. So right. they would only be flexed to Sunday night. They so only flex the, the Sunday night game and they usually flex the most compelling one. And I can't think of a more compelling game than getting potentially what could be the number one seed versus being the number five yes. seed. Speaking of that, uh, that has come up again, yeah. reseeding uh, in the teams and, it's funny how everyone was complaining about it when San Francisco might have been the wild card. <laughs> now that Seattle's the wild card, not a peep about it. Right. I don't want to see it redone. You have to reward teams winning the division. Yeah. Otherwise, let's get rid of divisions. Everyone plays everyone in the NFC, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Play one time. How often does this happen? I, I think it's a terrible idea, and I'd kind of be a little bit hypocritical if I said that that we should absolutely recede because I was all for it when the when the Seahawks won the NFC West back in 2010, and they were able to take on the defending champion New Orleans Saints, and we beat them in Seattle. It was it was amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't I don't want to recede. Why do we have to? If something seems unfair once in a while, why do we always have to try and fix it and then cause more problems later? I don't it does seem it. to cause more problems. And I'm, I'm, you know, if the Seahawks don't win their division, either team, neither t- the 49ers or Seahawks will have any reason to complain because they have the opportunity in week 17 True. To, to win the division. I expect it will come down to that game. So. Whoever doesn't get a playoff game, it, they can play, they can point the finger in the mirror and say, hey, we just had to take care of our business and we didn't. Absolutely. That's the best kind. My featured guest, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of both podcasts, how can they do that? Yeah, check out the Field Goals podcast, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. Uh, we just had uh, an episode of Three In, Three Out where we took, it some, took a look at some of the best and worst moments from that game against the Rams. And then SeahawkersPodcast.com. We'll have a new show coming out tomorrow. Awesome stuff. Make sure you folks check that out as well. Brandon, really appreciate your time as always, my friend. Looking forward to chatting with you next week. A big thanks to Anthony Knockreiner for having me on his show each and every week. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast, SBNation.com slash NFL Podcasts. And check out FieldGoals.com this Blue Friday. Help get you through the day and into the weekend. Kenneth Arthur has a look at the latest Fan Pulse article showing just how much the confidence the fans have in this team goes down after a loss. Check that out, fieldgoals.com. Also, we check in with Cat Scratch Reader. 
and five questions with field goals. And on the show sometime tomorrow, we'll try and have someone previewing the Panthers matchup with the Seahawks on Sunday. So look for that here. Looking forward to Sunday, seeing if the Seahawks can get back on track. And with that, I'll get on out of here. Go Hawks.